0: Hi, folks. Chris Foss here from the Chris Voss Show.com. The Chris Show.com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to refer the show to your friends, neighbors, relatives. Get them involved to subscribe to The Chris Foss Show. They can go to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. There's a million different places we're syndicated. So check all that out. We're even on Amazon and uh, Audible. So you can see the show there as well. Today, we have a most amazing author on it's John Kenny, and he has written an amazing Amazing book, The People Program, how to overcome your blocks to success. He is also uh, known as the relationship guy. And so we'll be talking today about some of his different things that he does and how he does them and uh, words of advice and coaching that he can give to us over the next little bit. In the meantime, be sure to go see the video of him on YouTube.com, Fortune's Chris Voss. Hit that bell notification button. Also go to Goodreads.com, Fortune's Chris Voss. See what we're reading and reviewing over there. Also go see all of our different groups and channels on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all the different things out there the kids are listening to these days. Anyway... And this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, ifi-audio.com, and their Micro iDSD Signature. It's a top-of-the-range desktop transportable DAC and headphone app that will supercharge your headphones. It has two brown burr. DAC chips in it and will decode high-res audio and MQA files. We're using it in the studio right now. I've loved my experience with it so far. It just makes everything sound so much more richer and better and takes things to the next level. IFI Audio is an award-winning audio tech company with one aim in mind. To improve your music enjoyment of quality sound, eradicate noise, distortion, and hiss, from your listening experience. Check out their new incredible lineup of dacs and audio enhancement devices at ifi-audio.com. He is on the show and so we're going to be talking to him. Welcome to the show, John. How are you?
1: I'm very well, Chris. Thank you for having me. It's a honor to be
0: there you go. It's wonderful to have you. Give us your plugs, your dot com, so that people can find you on the interwebs.
1: Yeah. So the, the website is www.johnkennycoaching.com. And you can find me spread around all over social media. So I know that you're quite big on Clubhouse, so I'm the relationship guy.
0: Oh, Clubhouse, there you go too. That's uh <laughs> Clubhouse was really hot there in February. It was really hot. Let's see Let's talk about this book first, I guess. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the book. What motivated you want to write this book? and actually, you know what if you don't mind, let me skip back a bit. Let me get a bio from you. Tell us just do you want to give us a little bit more depth on who you are, your background, past, and what you got here.
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, I'm the relationship guy, and I've been working in relationships as a coach for really specializing for the last three or four years. Originally, before that, I was a therapist, so it was a counselor. And I met a coach and they said, you can help all these people with your counseling. Why is your life your still shit, basically? <laughs> and they showed me that I could tell myself my a different story from the one I was telling myself over and over again and got into coaching that way back in 2012. Before that, I was a firefighter in the London Fire Brigade, personal trainer, I was an insurance underwriter. I've done loads of different stuff, but always in the kind of service industry. Mm -hmm. And it led me to this point where I am now. I've always wanted to help people in some way, shape or form. This time, I don't have to put my life at risk in order to do it necessarily.
0: (laughs) That's true. Running into burning buildings. I admire Mm -hmm. the people that can do that. That's a lot of smoke. There is a lot
1: of smoke. Luckily enough, I don't have to breathe any in when I've got a mask on.
0: There you Um, go. There you go. Yeah.
1: So that's how I got into when I didn't know what to do with my life. I went to university when I was in my late 20s because I wanted to train to be a teacher. didn't really like the teaching, but I did some psychology to work with the kids. And that got me on this road to therapy, really. I found it really interesting helping to understand people. Then I went into therapy and had some therapy of my own. And I thought, I really want to help people in the way that I've been helped to understand where I am in my life. And like I said, then the coaching was the next step forward.
0: Kind of interesting you did the long way around for teaching then, because now you teach.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 there you yeah. go. I I wanted to do it in some way, shape or form, but it definitely wasn't with primary school children.
0: <laughs> awesome sauce. So you, you've you got a book, you've got a documentary. Let's start with the book. Tell us why you wrote this book, what motivated you to it, and uh, give us some more details of what's inside of it.
1: Yeah, so the People Programme was originally a coaching programme that I'd written when I first really got into coaching. I wanted to put some ideas down, so I wrote this six-part programme and then I thought I'd I'd like to turn it into a course of some kind and I came up with the idea of actually writing a book because I started to write some case studies and some examples when I was writing the book out, uh, the programme out. And it revolved around me. There were some case studies with some clients, but then I was thinking how this all related to myself and the journey that I'd been on. So I decided to turn it actually into a book. And the first half of the book is my story, really. It's how I understood, learned to understand myself as a person and how I learned to do relationships, particularly. So there's lots of different stories in there about how I decided. had this relationship with me which wasn't very healthy and how this led to all other kind of self-sabotaging and unhealthy relationships with other people and everything I put my mind to and that's why it's called um, overcome your blocks to success because everything I was doing as an an international athlete in my late teens and my early 20s and I sabotaged every bit of good stuff that came into my life. I just wasn't allowing it. So I put it into the first half of the book. And then the second half of the book is the six part program where you can ask yourself the same questions that I asked myself while I was sitting there writing the program in the first place to find those answers to help you to move forward.
0: There you go. And so with the book, do you talk about personal relationships, business relationships or both?
1: In the book, it's more personal relationships. How I learned to do relationships based on the relationships I had with my parents and my siblings and everybody else as I was growing up, the kind of personal relationships I had. But I am, and in the book, it's about if you can figure out the relationship with yourself, then you can improve any relationship that you've got.
0: So it's really about working on your own stuff first before you start involving other people. Yeah, about.
1: what you believe about yourself is what you're going to attract into your life as far as relationships are yeah. concerned. Uh, well-
0: what I prefer to do is just be as broken as crap and then try and force other people to be better. That's usually how I approach my relationships. <laughs>
1: and that's how, that's how they feel good around you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: it's all entitlement, no accountability. I just basically be like, I know I'm fine. I'm perfect the way I am, as messed up as I am, but you really should work on yourself. Projection at the, at the best level. You've got the book and, and all that good stuff. And then how did you get a documentary?
1: Yes, I was at a personal development show in London. I had a stand and did a couple of talks there. And there was a guy who was walking around basically as he was a film producer. And he was already working with somebody at the show on a documentary with them. And he said, I like what you're doing. Would you be interested in having a chat about a documentary about stuff that you do? I like the way you speak and what you're talking about. And we just got involved there. And he said, what would be the kind of thing that you we think people would be really interested in finding out. You talked a bit about your upbringing and how you've lost your sense of self as a child because you conformed. And he said, yeah. that sounds like it'd be a really interesting topic for a documentary. So we came up with the uh, Forget Me Not, The Child You Left Behind title. In the documentary, we talk about the side of yourself that you don't accept because it wasn't acceptable when you were growing up. So how you performed as a child. So maybe when you've had a few drinks and you start dancing on tables and allow that kind of, sense of for that young self to come back out again and have some fun, those types of things. And why you you know, why you might feel uncomfortable with those as an adult and don't really allow yourself to be this whole person that you hide away from people. And it's about how to let that go.
0: And I think finding ourselves from our youthful aspect of innocence and how we used how we had this outlook on the world, I think yeah. it's really important, right?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's it gives us that sense of that childish freedom that we, we get knocked out of us as we get older. We don't allow ourselves generally to express how we really feel and who we really are because we're told that it doesn't fit into the norms. We would get, learn how to behave and we squash those kind of really free kind of elements of ourselves that just let us express who we want to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, people just don't get it. So, how has the documentary been received? Is it uh, a lot of people seen it and liked it and and gotten uh, really interested in fixing themselves?
1: Yeah, as far as I know, the feedback's been really good so far. Everybody that's difficult with some of these personal developments. I get a lot of people That I bump into and I say, oh, I've read your book or I've seen your documentary or I've seen some of your talks and stuff, but they never engage with it because they feel like it's a very personal thing for them. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I didn't know you'd read it. I read it a few times. And so, yeah, the feedback that I do get is all very positive.
0: That's awesome. So mm-hmm. most of your clients that you work with in your coaching side, what, what do they usually come to you with their issues? What do you usually find yourself fixing most? And if someone's sitting in the audience today and they're thinking, I, I, I might need some work, what, what are some of the things that you help people with and you usually end up fixing or what's really popular with the people that have come to you right now?
1: yeah so the reason the relationship guy came around is that the end of so we had a, a lockdown for covid in march 2020 people were locked up for three months mm-hmm. and at the end of that a lot of people contacted me saying i've just been on my own for three months and i want to know why i've been on my own it's not something i've really looked at before i just knew that i was single but i didn't realize after being on my own for three months that this was a problem <laughs> and so
0: i have uh, to put up with myself these days yeah.
1: Exactly, why am I on my own? Why am I staring at these yeah. in television and got no one to go on these lovely walks at the pub or the park with, which is all we were allowed to do at the time and so they were truly trying to understand that, and it generally comes down to three things that they 've had really difficult relationships in the past, so that they 've uh, had toxic sort of unhealthy relationships or relationships that caused them a lot of difficulties and pain and we understand why that was the case they 're avoidant people. So they don't know how to really connect to someone at a deeper level. So they keep going in and out of these surface type relationships. Mm -hmm. And some people have just, you know, they they focus on their business or their career and they spend a lot of time putting a lot of energy into that type of life. They've dipped in and out of relationships, but never really found the right kind of person to complement who they are and, and the drive and the energy and stuff that they've got. And they want to try and bring someone like that into their lives.
0: Yeah. That's that's what I did for most of my life. I focused on me and did my thing. And uh, then you wake up one day and you're like, maybe I should make some space for someone else. I, I did a lot of broken relationships and didn't really fix me either. That's probably what I should have been doing more. I've come to think of it. I should have worked on fixing me maybe a little bit. But yeah, I was busy.
1: not <laughs> Yeah,
0: I was busy and I had a good time. So I'm not crying yeah. crocodile tears over. but yeah. yeah maybe I should have fixed some shit earlier on but whatever but that's the whole reason people should be calling you up and getting fixed
1: mm. yeah um, at least, uh, Chris <laughs> <laughs> you know, depends how happy you
0: are I don't know I think I'm relatively happy I could be happier though there never mm. seems to be a limit on that one
1: no but we're I always do, working they do say that. that the quality of your life is directly correlated to the quality of your relationships. it's about finding those quality relationships to make sure your life is the best it can
0: be. Oh, I have that. I've got two dogs. No, I'm just kidding. But I do have two dogs. But no, I think we. a lot of us went through that kind of cathartic moment with uh, coronavirus where we're like, wow, this is really crazy. And part of it was you're like, I remember when coronavirus started, you're like, holy sh- crap, am I going to die alone with the virus? And I'm going to be just living in my little hole in my house, hiding out from everything and I'm going to die alone. Like, maybe I'll never see another woman. This this virus will just kill us all and will wipe us out. And I remember going through that. You're just like, wow, man, it sure would be great if I at least had someone here in the house that, that, that I liked and had a relationship with and at least didn't feel like I was going to die alone unless they killed me, which a lot of people are at each other's throats in this coronavirus thing. There's a lot of divorces coming, so there's that. But uh, yeah, a lot of people have this kind of cathartic moment where they're just like, maybe people are more important than we put into it. Maybe relationships are more important than they put into it. I certainly have made that uh, cathartic thinking. Go on in my head
1: we are connected as a species and we? we evolved as mm-hmm. group animals and it's part of our genetic makeup to be uh part of something with somebody else it's it's that drive to to have that connection with other people otherwise it's part we don't feel safe it's all part it was part of our survival if we didn't have a group around us to protect us when we were born and as we grew up then we would likely not survive and it's become a, a very kind of deeply entrenched way of being as a human being to have have those relationships mm-hmm.
0: i was looking at your website you got a lot of video testimonials from people for the coaching you've done and other things but what are there, what are the sort of things you help people or do you see a lot of people coming to you with problems with
1: yeah they can come with a variety of reasons they usually reach some kind of pain point where they can't don't, don't want to carry on with their lives the way that they are. I specialize a lot because of my therapy background. I've done a lot of work on attachment styles. Mm. So whether people have a secure, insecure attachment. I talk about relationship beliefs and relational patterns. So people have generally come to a point where they really want to understand what it is about them or what is it about their lives that they keep attracting certain issues towards mm. them. Attachment is quite... A powerful thing it can lead to a lot of problems such as depression anxiety and panic certain personality disorders drug addiction eating disorders so people don't necessarily come with that severity for coaching anymore than I, mean, I used to see quite a lot of people as a therapist in those spaces based on their attachment but attachment has such a wide reaching impact on your adult life mm-hmm. so that when i see people you can generally put a lot of the problems down to some kind of attachment issue
0: yeah uh,
1: and it's one of the things i like to focus on with my clients because it has so many so many sort of connotations as we go as we grow up and if we're not if we don't resolve or understand, even understand what our attachment is then we'll just live our lives repeating the same type of patterns and cycles over and over, regardless of if it's a personal relationship or not. It could be a friendship. It could be a work relationship. It could just be actually how you live your life. If you've got an insecure attachment, then you're maybe you're not allowing anything good yeah. and running away from everything good in your life. So it's a massively important thing to look at.
0: Yeah, I usually pick up all my girlfriends outside of methadone clinics and rehab clinics, <laughs> usually the ones that are escaping from the rehab clinic. I I I drive them off I'm like hey I've been waiting for you baby all my life and then I wonder why I have problems so that could be it. I was actually thinking about relationships today because I was one of my Facebook singles dating groups. I, I guess I'm a voyeur. I just can watch the, sh- the crap show that's in there. And it's kind of fun to watch sometimes. You're just like looking for diamonds, which i appears to me there are none. But you'll see these people that – and you see a lot of it on Clubhouse too, the Clubhouse app. These people that have these extraordinary mile-long lists. I saw this gal put up this list <laughs> today. And it is a page long of everything she wants out of a guy. And I read it and I went, and I thought about all the guys I know. And I'm like, I don't think there's a man on the earth. I'm not even sure Jesus and all his perfection. I don't believe in Jesus, but I'm an atheist. But let's just say Jesus was the perfect guy. Everyone said he was. I don't think Jesus would fit that bill because Jesus wasn't driving like Rolls Royces and taking home 400 grand a month. So he's just slumming with his buddies all day out at the beach, evidently. So I don't think even Jesus fit that bill. And you see, this is extraordinary demandless. And I got thinking, I always hear people talk about, I want this at a relationship. I want that at a relationship. I want this. I want this. I want this. I want that. I never hear anybody say, you know what? Here's what I have to give in a relationship. Here's what I have to give. Here's what I want to give in a relationship. Here's what I'm looking forward to giving in a relationship. I never hear anybody talk from that angle. Do you have any thoughts on that or any commentary you'd like to put to that? Or yeah. am I just smoking crack on, you know, whether that's <laughs> out
1: of line or not? Well, you can smoke as much crack as you like. Well, we don't no, it, it. does make sense. No, it, I, I think there's an issue. There, there could be an issue of that because most people that are thinking about what I can give to a relationship I tend to be people-pleasing, needy oh, in a way. What that a chump. Yeah, they need to give a lot in order to feel accepted. Ah, uh, so I would suggest <laughs> explain that, everything. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a fine line between a perfection list and a want list. That person would strike me as someone who's got some kind of avoidant attachment because ah. they're looking for reasons not to be in a relationship.
0: Ah, whoa, yeah, you just threw down some truth there, buddy. That makes sense, man. Yeah. So there, it's almost a deflection, maybe, or like a just like a, you don't. Maybe it's a warning. Is it a warning sign? I should it watch keeps it.
1: keeps them single, doesn't it? It keeps them, because they're always going to find fault. They're always, they're going to go, you meet A, B, C, and D, but you've got this and this, so you don't, be, so therefore we're not going to work out. They're always looking for a reason not to commit, not to connect. So I would suggest anyone with a list that's too long, that they're trying to make any reason not to be with somebody.
0: You just blew my freaking mind. I see this all the time on this uh, on Clubhouse. They have these mm. manifest your husband things and they'll talk about vision boarding i call it a ouija vision board because it's almost mystical and, and, and delusional and they'll talk about what they put on and they'll let him put up like somebody i call it the lebron james or elon musk pick your favorite pick your favorite people and they'll describe men that are completely You're just like, I don't know. I don't think aliens are that perfect, Mm -hmm. but you know what? I always thought it was some sort of delusional thing. And then there's no self-accountability or there's no, like, they're like, they got whatever sort of mess they have in their life. And you're just Mm like, honey, I don't know, man. I don't, you got to know your place in the dating food chain is what I like to call it. But, but no, you bring up an extraordinary thing. It's almost, yeah, that, that makes sense, man. So Yeah, yeah. Is it a self-fulfilling prophecy too? Because I always see these girls, the the same girls are usually the ones who are running around on the Facebook dating profiles and clubhouse going, I can't find a good man. I can't find a good man. And you're just like, look at the list, honey. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. That's what they're creating for themselves. I do believe in the law of attraction as a thing. Yeah. Because You've got part of your brain called your reticular activating system or your Mm -hmm. RAS, which is your, I'll find what you're looking for part of your brain and, when you go out looking for something, then you will always, your your brain is open to finding it. So if I say I'm going to go out and look for as many red cars as I can see the next time I go out, my brain will go, okay, subconsciously, yep. you've just switched on a part of your brain which then tries to find all those red cars for you. So if you're saying I want this and this in a person, mm-hmm. then your brain will actively seek that out, as it will if you say I don't want this, But if you say, I don't want this, that's like going to the park and looking to avoid treading in dog shit. (laughs) All you're going to find is dog shit because you just look to avoid. So all you're going to keep attracting to your life is dog shit. Um, So we do, I think it is important that we have a want, that we have an idea about what we want. We do tell ourselves that the next person I want, not the money, the car, but they're this type of person. They treat me like this there you know and the nice is just a, a nice word There's some positive qualities about people mm. that you don't want from the previous relationships that you've had but if your your want list is too specific and it's too way out there this guy's got to have this money uh, this girl's got to have this body and she's got to be a bikini model and whatever it might be you are going to set yourself up to fail because you and it's the same as just you said if someone's saying oh, all the good guys are gone or i can't find the right type of person that's a self-fulfilling prophecy
0: yeah, I was just going to ask because that. Because you're
1: telling yourself that there's nobody out there for you. So mm. you're really never going to find the right person because you're always going to be looking in the wrong place.
0: But then you got a great excuse to run around and complain about it, right? Yeah. Like, I can't find a good man. And maybe your standards are like uh, way out of control. I heard a good thing from a dating coach years ago, and they talked about one of the best things to look for in somebody whose number one value is integrity because they will change. They will adjust. they will They will – They'll they'll try and be as truthful as they possibly can in a relationship. There's always the little white lies. Does my butt look big in this pants? Or I don't know what else people lie about. I feel like It's a real thing in marriages. But though you gotta find, I think, a really just a good quality person. I, I try and do that with my life. I try and surround myself with high quality people. People that have integrity. People that are honest. They they have a trust level that's high. And I find that if I do that. A lot of stuff falls into place, at least in the quality of the character they have. Or the, and that's another thing I look for is quality of character. Yeah. And so that that seems to fill the buttons. And the other stuff really doesn't matter. And it's not going to matter. When you're sitting around on some porch somewhere in your retirement home, all that money and cars and houses and stuff is going to matter. But hopefully you still have the person you fell in love with next to you and and, uh, you still get along.
1: There's a values and principles type thing, isn't there? Yeah. You, know, you need to have similar interests, I think as well. But again, it's like you said, it's more important that they have you you're on the same level, what you want from life, what you think about life. I think it mm. can obviously have differences of opinions, but sure. like you said, I think integrity is a big part. You, you can trust, generally trust someone with integrity and feel safe with them, with giving them yourself. Yeah. because you know that they're going to treat you with a certain amount of respect and they've got the integrity to tell you if there is something as well that they're not happy with <laughs> rather than go off and do something that's going to turn your life upside down
0: yeah yeah it's good balance there were six things i think you talked about in your book on what things to do et cetera, et cetera. do you want to share those
1: yeah so the people is that stands for problems mm-hmm. so the first thing we need to look at is what the problems are that we're struggling with. I liken it to a car. You can't really fix your car unless you've done a diagnostic on it. We need to do the diagnostic on you first. It's okay, what are the problems? What are the struggles that I've got? And then what will happen is I've got this also another thing, which is the basis behind my coaching, which I call the bicycle. of that. And it's a little diagram and it just explains how we work generally as human beings. And part of that is how our thoughts affect our emotions and our behaviours. And the most powerful thing that we got there is our emotions, and it's what meaning we give to those emotions. So, once we figure out the problems, we can then look at the E, which is the emotional part of things. Mm
0: -hmm. So, we can
1: say, okay, what emotions do I now get? And then we can then figure out the meanings you're giving to specific things by the emotional reactions that you get to things. Mm -hmm. And then, after that, as I said, the kind of your behavior, so how you operate. So, that's the O. So, how do you behave because of how then you feel? So, what does. What do those emotions trigger inside of you? And then what do you do because of that? Do you become aggressive or passive aggressive? Or do you become people pleaser? What kind of things do you then act like because of the emotions that have been triggered? Then we look at the patterns. So one of the major things that we have a tendency to do is repeat the same things over and over again. Your brain loves familiarity.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: like, doesn't really like change in, a lot of, in most people. And it will do everything it can to keep you in a familiar comfort zone mm-hmm. and we look at what your brain is doing so the patterns that you're following through which keeps you stuck so why won't you allow yourself to be successful in certain areas why won't you allow yourself to be close to people why won't you allow yourself to have a successful business why won't you allow anything in your life which is going to make you follow through with the success that you could have and then we have a look at what the future will look like So what does your life look like if you keep doing what you're doing at the moment and what kind of problems that might cause? And that's the L, which is the likelihood. And then we kind of look at how you can put it all together. So the final E is enhanced. So how can you enhance your life now that you completely understand where you're coming from? Is how can you now put things into place, which will help you to get the life that you want?
0: There you go. And what John just described is the title of his book, "The People." And he's got a dot 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 between each of the letters of the word "people." You'll see that in the middle of our screen uh, where his book will be displayed. But he breaks that down and everything else and how to overcome your blocks to success. So this is, I think, this is really important because you break down all the different things of what we need to do. We need so many people are like I mentioned before; they're outward. Motivated. They're like, what can the world give to me? Or what can everyone give to me? And they're not inward motivated at cleaning up their own stuff. And we need to spend some time fixing our stuff. I'm doing. A thing right now where I'm fixing myself. I'm working on how I look, uh, my body weight, my health, my feeling. I'm working on a book right now. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm doing some work for myself before Mm -hmm. I I decide to go chase all around the marketplace of life and everything. And I realize there's this time period that I need to spend and I need to enjoy the period and and do the best I can with it. And then go worry about maybe some stuff in the world or some relationships or other things because I want to be at my best self. Mm Before I do that and yeah. and take care of that, and a lot of people don't approach that. They just go, "Hey, I got a whole bag of broken glass here. Who wants to party?" And <laughs> broken glass and razor blades. Who wants to party? Yeah. And uh, hey, you want to share this bag of broken glass? And I'm a complete mess. It's, this sounds fun, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and
1: the people that are joining have got their own bag.
0: Exactly. And then you're sharing, and then you and then after a while, you're like, "Why are we all bleeding here and getting cut? This is this makes no sense." Yeah it's like, you, you've got to fix your stuff first, which is what I'm always working on, but yeah. somewhere around a hundred, I think I'll get married and settle down and find the right girl, because it's going to take me that long to fix all my broken shit. There's still time. Yeah. Yeah. You like that? I, I, I had somebody call me up one time and they go, you, you'll see in a show that you have six marriages and then mm-hmm. eight marriage and then seven. marriage. Like how many times you been married, dude? I'm like zero. That's the mm-hmm. joke. <laughs> uh so anyway but it, it gives me it gives me for great comment this
1: gets a bad reputation i think we need to yeah. be selfish we need to look after ourselves if you if you look after yourself you've got a lot more to give everyone else
0: that's true that's what kind of what i recognized mm. uh, my problem right now is i've got way too much to give other people so what i'm trying to do is we're trying to cut a maybe 100 pounds off of all this so that there's a little bit less to give people but maybe it'll be a higher quality i think that's, that's what we're after so I've been losing weight. I, mean, I think I'm down like 30 pounds, if I can brag a little bit on my own show. So uh, taking care of myself, doing healthy, feel better. I felt better than I've ever felt in my whole, probably know, two decades or something, And uh, which is saying something considering I'm 53 and I'm just I'm almost that old man thing. But a lot of people, they've got to do that. What are some other things that you can help people with uh, and why they should ring you up for coaching and, and seek your assistance?
1: Yeah, so anyone else has any kind of personal struggles that maybe they... Then I think that the kind of most important thing is where are you not achieving in life where you think you probably could? What's holding you back as far as that's concerned? Because we can generally figure that out in one or two... Well, generally in one session, we'll just figure out what it is that you're doing, which is stopping you. And mostly based on your upbringing, your kind of ideas about life that you learn when you're younger. So anything that's holding you back and, and keeping you from making the right decisions for you, how many people are you put in first all of the time, what else do you put in front of you all of the time? What kind of relationship do you have with yourself? I remember there's a bit in my book, I was on I won a raffle once. I was in on holiday in Spain, I think it was. And I won this raffle and I'd had a few drinks and I got up on the stage and the guy said, Oh, what's your name? And I went, John, and I went bright red. And I thought, oh that's really interesting. And I thought I was just embarrassed because I was up on a stage in front of two or three hundred people. And then when I was actually writing my book, I thought, actually, you know what I thought? I was embarrassed to be me. And wow. I was just standing on that stage and I said my name and I looked around and I thought, I'm just so embarrassed to be me. It really struck me as a kind of a not, like a low point in my life. Oh. I was, I've never particularly been very happy with the person I was.
0: Hmm.
1: And recognising that was a real eye-opener. And then you know, I really started to work. And I realised how much I'd changed from that spot already that I'd done a lot of work on myself already by that point. But it, it really hit me hard that I don't—I didn't have a, a relationship at all with myself that was healthy. I really couldn't stand the person I was, even though I'd never really done anything wrong. And looking back into my childhood, I realized that actually I always felt rejected and that I needed to conform and nobody really loved me and all that kind of stuff that I went through as a as a child. But actually how powerful that was when I got into my mid-20s and I just thought, I don't like who I am.
0: Yeah. I'm 53 and people still don't like me or love me. I'll, I'll, I need to work. You bring up an interesting point that I, I don't know that I have a full comprehension of psychology. Or I don't claim to be one, but I do on a podcast. I'm just kidding. It seems to me like a lot of us, when it really comes down, you cut away all the noise and flack that we put up and all the stuff we do that's stupid. It, we're really just that small child. Like a lot of people... Sometimes when I see through all their broken glass and their razor blades, I just see a small child crying out for help, yeah. trying to figure it out, trying to be loved, yeah. trying to get some sort of validation maybe from their parents or now they're seeking it through a relationship or some sort of other thing to reconcile that. And we're just all sometimes trying to reconcile that, that small child. And it's that little child who's screaming out for help sometimes, I think, inside of all of us. And I recently discovered that sort of issue, what you're talking about with your small child, with mine, Mm -hmm. and realized that there had been someone trying to talk to me for a lot of times that while I was out trying to save the world, this person was like going, hey, could you save me over here? Mm -hmm. And uh, I was spending a lot of my time doing Mano La Mancha stuff, chasing windmills with chasing windmills and stuff of Don Quixote <laughs> style and uh, trying to save the world. Meanwhile, yeah. there's a little boy inside me going, hey, man, we could use some help over here. And yeah. so finally, I started listening and realizing that, that, hey, and, and it's really interesting to me how many of us are really just that little child inside just trying to figure it out, get some love and some acknowledgement and, and try and work through maybe sometimes some of our childhood issues. Yeah, definitely.
1: I think it's statistically, as I said about attachment earlier on, there's a 40% of the population has an attachment problem. Uh, it's it's uh, it doesn't matter what culture you come from, what country you come from. It's around about 40% of people that struggle wow. with an insecure attachment of some kind
0: now how does that work if you could break down attachment for me, what's the definition of that as you're putting it
1: yeah so attachment style is, is when we're kids we learn how to attach emotionally to
0: mm. people and
1: a secure attachment so there's secure and insecure which are the two types and insecure has three different categories under that so secure people generally have grown up with love encouragement support and they've taught how to soothe when things are getting emotionally out of control they they know things are going to be okay so they they don't generally get too anxious in certain situations they're okay to connect they trust love they trust affection they trust relationships and therefore they can then on the whole live healthy uh, relationships as they get older it can be affected by trauma as you get older so if you go through some kind of significant trauma your secure attachment can be uh, affected that way but then you can have an insecure attachment. So that will have either an anxious attachment, so people that deal with difficulties with, in an anxious way. So the kids that you'll see screaming, shouting, wanting attention, grabbing older legs and being dragged around supermarkets and whatever they might be. They generally grow up as adults that, that when they get triggered, they'll start to scream, shout and caught a bit. And they need a bit of chaos in their life. So they react, overreact to certain things. Then you have an avoidant type person which is what I was. I, I learned as a kid that it was better to be by myself, to withdraw emotionally because I couldn't cope with what was going on in the house. So I would disappear or just shut down emotionally to avoid any kind of pain. And then as I grew up, I became even more and more avoidant because all the relationships I then experienced pushed me further and further away from connection. I desperately wanted to have a relationship and mm. always desperately wanted to be loved and feel accepted but I didn't get that as a kid. So therefore, mm. whenever I got close to people, my brain would go, oh, this isn't necessarily very safe. You need to back off now. There's another type of avoidant person which just actually fears relationships completely. So they just don't <laughs> entertain them at all.
0: Uh, Those are guys to... who are divorced like three times or eight times.
1: <laughs> eight marriages, And then you have someone called a di- which is a disorganized attachment, which is the, the devil of, of the three because you experience both anxiety and avoidance and that generally comes from an associated sort of childhood trauma you might have seen your father beat your mother or you might have even been beaten yourself and the person that you really want to love you and want to care about you and you want to love them in return is also very insecure to be around you're trying to avoid it but you really want it it makes you anxious and you get this kind of disorganized way of attaching to people so you don't really know where you stand and it's so incredibly unsafe to be with anybody that it really screws with your brain
0: you might have just described to me holy shit yeah. wow that hit close to home i don't know Maybe I, I, I know sometimes it was a shutdown person, but uh, shut off emotions and go about your business. But I've had, I've been talking to, I, I always thought I didn't have great relationships, but I've been talking to a lot of people who are married and had relationships recently. And I'm just like, holy shit, I had great relationships. The, I normally have people that I could largely trust in my relationships, but they weren't as perfect. And I wasn't certainly perfect. I think I had some different values back then, but no, man, uh, wow. I'm going to have to rewatch this show and think about some of the things you just said. <laughs> Because <laughs> I my my relationship doctor, with my yeah. father was tough. He was disconnected too. He was a huge narcissist and disconnected. So yeah, okay. I guess I should read your book most definitely. It's, it's
1: gonna have got in there somewhere.
0: Better <laughs> hit my
1: narcissist me. parent, because again, you're never gonna be the center of attention.
0: Ah, there you're you go. You're never gonna
1: know where you stand with them because one minute they can be okay with you, but if you don't fit into their little mold that they need you to fit in with you're going to face the consequences of their instability. It really does screw your little brain as a child because you had no idea where you stand and it's never about you. It's never about you with a narcissistic parent.
0: Yeah, which is interesting because we were actually recognized that, but still, but yeah, it's really interesting. I spent most of my life waiting for the moment that I would take power and I think it's 16. I think I did or something, but I don't know. It's interesting I, that you give me some uh, thoughts to work on, which is really great. And hopefully our audience too, as we part out any words of advice or anything you want to share with the audience we haven't covered.
1: I think, yeah, I think one of the most important things is as the book starts with is kind of understanding your space. Mm-hmm. If you say there's things in your life that you're not happy with, I can almost guarantee it's got something to do with you. Um, <laughs> and Damn you do, it. And if you can understand, if you don't want to project onto everybody else and you've had enough of doing that and you want to take responsibility for your, everything that you're not happy with in your life, then figuring out what it is, what part do you play in that is, mm-hmm. is key to overcoming those those issues that you've got on the blocks that you might have to finding the right type of person. Understanding what you attract is really important.
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah. And what you're attracted to. It's always about, generally they'll say okay i keep attracting the wrong type of people and why do these people keep picking me why do i always so we need to figure out why we're picking them as well yeah there's something about our subconscious attraction routine that's going on that we go okay there's something about me that's also attracted to them otherwise they wouldn't be attracted to me and we're meeting on this really unhealthy energy that keeps bashing against each other so what is that about so yes yeah. Yeah, so i would you know it's, it's a bit of a typical thing to look in the mirror type thing, isn't
0: it? It really is. is I've been doing a lot of that where, you know, I where people that, people that were probably good for me and maybe a little more healthy and balanced, I would avoid and run away from. Yeah. In fact, I'm really good at that, or I used to be, I'm trying not to anymore, I know but what, what's that? I know the
1: page that you're on
0: there. Yeah. And for the most part, I'd run off and be like, I'm just going to stick to blondes that are that are very top heavy. And uh, I'll be happy, just blonde models that are top heavy and everything will work out fine. Mm. And that hasn't worked out very well, partially because they're probably, they have issues like I do, which is, it doesn't quite work out. But now I'm in a different place where I'm like, when I listen to the lightning strikes and the tuning, I go, okay, let's, let's try and find somebody who's healthier. And it's hard because you kind of have to override that attraction basis and be like, Mm. I need to be less attracted to blonde hairs and top heavy women and maybe be attracted to somebody who has some intrinsic values that are good for me yeah. <laughs> and that I still find attractive. A better balance where it's just not all like, how hot is she? Oh yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's go all the way. Yeah. I don't care how broken she is. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs>
1: yeah, And that guy, again, it goes into your avoidance, doesn't it? You know, you're, is like, that you, what it you're, is? You're, yeah, there you that, go. That perfection yeah. that we were talking about earlier on with a big long list of what they want. but You're just going to be choosing people based on your pattern. And that yeah. stops you yeah. from connecting at a deeper level with anybody because you're going to choose someone that probably that you're never going to have to do a long term commitment to. And that keeps you <laughs> very safe. And secure in your avoidance.
0: You just explained my whole dating life, but no. Recently, <laughs> I figured that out. I'm like, I need to start when I hear my brain that I need to run away, or I need to turn right instead or left instead of right. I need to go. No, let's let's find out who this person is, and mm. let's see where this goes. And I. And so I've learned, it's weird for me, I've made the decision that if I feel like I'm out of my box, like I'm off the reservation, the normal reservation of Chris Voss, it's okay. It's okay for me to explore outside that mm. reservation. It's okay for me to go, okay, so let's open the aperture a little bit on the camera And let's explore some people that might be better and look for more intrinsic value qualities of people because I'm getting to the age, and I think a lot of people that I'm going to be dating because I'll date 10 to 15 years down. I'm single. I don't have kids, so I can go 15 if I want. If I got to get in some better shape here, but to that or I just got to make a whole lot more money because that's usually how it works for guys. For the most part, I'm getting to the age where no one's really pretty anymore. You know what I mean? And you got to start thinking about how... (laughs) Very pretty. (laughs) Well, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. But uh, that's what I tell myself all the time. I'm a pretty little anyway. But no, I I I realize that I've I really got to find somebody that I can really put up with as a human being, that I can really pour my love into, and that they'll give me love back. And uh, they may have issues. I may have issues, but we recognize that we work on it together. Huh. And you know, someone who has good intrinsic value where I can put up with them, regardless of where all of our looks go. Because in the end, people are always bragging about, oh, look at that little 100-year-old couple. They're walking down that thing and they're holding hands. Yeah, they're not looking at each other. Hey, that's, this is my hot, paved wife anymore. They're looking at each other going, this is the person I love. They're beautiful human being and so now my search is more for the beautiful human beings and the people that have good values inside instead of yeah. just everything that's busty and blonde that's yeah.
1: where you, you need to be i made the, the mistake of i like to say that i spent my whole life dating my dad and ended up marrying my mom because i went I, 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 most of my relationships have been with very toxic <laughs> unhealthy violent type of people that needed chaos and anxiety type attachment which is my dad is i repaired my relationship with my dad as i got older we started to treat each other like adults rather than the parent child cycle that we were going through Uh, i didn't really do the same with my mum, and i ended up putting all that stuff to side because i would repaired this relationship with my dad and my mum's quite passive aggressive so she's very avoidant the same as me and i ended up marrying someone who was Avoidant.
0: (laughs) Isn't it weird how that all works? I
1: thought I changed myself enough to know what I wanted. And then I met this person, and none of the triggers went off from before. And I thought, okay, this could be really good. And it went further down the line. And actually, it turned out that she was very much like my mum. And it turned out we were both very avoidant. Although I was in a really good space that I really wanted to connect every time I tried to connect at a deeper level with her, she would avoid. And then she would avoid, and then she would avoid, and eventually I avoided because I couldn't keep going and trying to make the relationship work. And then we just ended up growing apart and just becoming friends, but we both ended up in that avoidance space. Yeah, I think it's really important that you understand where if you haven't healed those relationships from your past as well, that you could flip from one to the other as well. And learning that was a massive wake-up call for me as well, that it really, you said it honed down a little bit more about where I was with myself. And when I have that relationship with this person, what do I want now? What am I really looking for? Mm-hmm. In a person? Whereas I hadn't really thought about that before. I just thought I wanted something different from what I'd already had. And mm-hmm. it turned out to be different in, in a not healthy way.
0: That's pretty brilliant. It's interesting to me. I heard a long time ago that that's what we do. We get, we try and find relationships that are like the ones that fail when we were growing up um, and we try and uh, re reenact those, recreate them so that we can somehow reconcile them. Um, and the sad part about doing that is a lot of those scenarios shouldn't be recreated because Uh they're built to fail. And so we're just going to fail just like those did. And we are wandering around sometimes trying to be like, let's see if I can figure out the mystical Rubik's cube, Ouija board way to resolve this. And there just is not, it's just, it's if you mix oil and water, you just, you can mix it all day long. It's just not going to mix. You got to come to reality that maybe it's you, not you, but
1: maybe me, <laughs> that <definitely was> me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably me too I've probably yeah. been there so uh, give us your plugs as we go out John so people can find out more about you
1: yeah so the best way to uh, kind of see what I do is my, just going to my website www.johnkennycoaching.com you can see the book on there documentary coaching stuff that I offer people like I said I'm all over social media just look for that, John Kenny coaching you'll find me on Facebook and everywhere else
0: there you go. Well, John, I really appreciate you spending time with us today. I've learned a lot. This has been really insightful, and hopefully, my audience has too. We'll check out your book and uh, your documentary and find out more about you and reach out to you for help because it sounds like you've really got your you've really got a finger on the pulse of what's going on, and you can help a lot of people.
1: Thanks, yeah, Chris. It's been a pleasure. Um, hopefully, like you said, people are going to take some stuff away and put them into their lives straight away.
0: There you go. There you go. Change your lives to make it better. Uh, Don't wait till you're 53 like I (laughs) did. Check it out, guys. You can order his book at Amazon or anywhere booksellers are available there. The People. Program: How to Overcome Your Blocks to Success by John Kenney. I check out his documentary online as well. Go to YouTube.com, for Chris Voss, hit the bell notification button so you can see all the different videos we have, all the brilliant authors we have on the show. I'm just always amazed every single day. Also go to Goodreads.com, chess Chris Voss, hit that bell notification. Also go to uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, all the different groups that we have on here. I should mention on Friday, we'll have a brilliant uh, journalist and law professor who's going to be on. She wrote a, book with, uh, co- wrote a book with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's done a lot of Supreme Court work, and that's going to be a really eye-opening conversation, so stay tuned for that. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time.